Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw, and welcome back to Vibe. I just love doing these podcast episodes. I learn so much. I hope that you have rated and reviewed this show on iTunes. Uh, I think we've been podcasting for about a year and a half now. It's been such a fun, exciting adventure. I hope that you've learned things here that make a difference in your life and help you be healthier and happier and living at higher vibrations. But I would very much appreciate your rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It means the world to me. Today, we are talking to my dear friend, Stephen Izell, who owns My Green Fills. Com. It's non-toxic laundry products. And if you think that this is not an important subject, you're going to be in for a treat as you learn some things that show this to be one of the most high impact, most important, most low hanging fruit things that we can do to clean up our home and lifestyle. This was recorded as a video interview for the Toxic Home Transformation Summit, which is a joint venture between me and Ryan Sternagel. Ryan and I interviewed more than 30 experts in what is causing toxicity in our lifestyle, inside our homes, inside our pantries, in our energetic environment. And we asked each speaker for clear and actionable ways to clean it up so that we can live healthy lifestyles even in this modern world. The Toxic Home Transformation Summit will air for free in June. So if you'd like a free seat in this online event, go to greensmoothiegirl.com slash summit. This interview today is an audio excerpt from the summit with one of our experts. Welcome to the show, Stephen Izell. Happy to be here, big sister. <laughs> so wh- why did you get into trying to help people be less toxic in terms of the products in their home. What's your whole story around non-toxic stuff? Well, it it started, man, it's almost 10 years ago now. Actually, it is 10 years ago. Um, When my oldest son was this little bitty baby, he's only a few weeks old. He actually just turned 10 um, last month. Uh, He broke out in a head to toe rash, you know, and I know you have some kids, right? And when first time parent, like an infant gets sick, like every, like that, everyone's freaked out, right? Like, you know, I remember like walking up to his crib, like, is he still breathing? Yes, he's still breathing. You know, now we have four kids and, you know, as long as nobody, everyone is breathing and they're not bleeding, everyone's fine, right? Um, but I remember when he was this little infant, he broke out a head to toe rash and we couldn't figure it out. I took him to the ER and we went to a dermatologist, went to all these places and they were like, you know, different hormone creams and all these different steroids and all this craziness. And a friend of the family says, Hey, what do you use for laundry detergent? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like the big fancy orange bottle. That's what grandma used. That's what I have to use. And like, well, why don't you try something that, you know, doesn't have perfumes and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, sure. So we, we actually stripped the clothes. We took their, her advice and stripped the clothes and, you know, washed, you know, all the baby clothes in this non-toxic green, you know, product. And within a couple of days, no rash and it was over. And that was like, was really like the spark that lit the candle for me. Like what's in our food, what's in the laundry room, what's under the kitchen sink, like what's everywhere. If something so simple as laundry detergent can make my baby son sick, like what else is out there that this is happening 
Um, and that was really what started my journey off now 10 years ago. Yeah, it seems really innocuous what you're washing your clothes with. And a long time ago, I thought, well, it's just it's just washing out. You know, there's a rinse cycle. But it's been really amazing to me to learn that the flame retardants that we sell to brand new parents or, you know, that we put on their baby clothes are super, super toxic for the baby. And is it a good idea when someone gets new infant clothes to wash with your products a couple of times before even wearing the stuff? Absolutely. But here's the unfortunate reality is that flame retardants um, are mostly bromide based chemicals, which are fairly impossible to wash out. There are some ways to get them out, but usually the ways to get bromide-based flame retardants out of fabrics, you have to use such an amazing amount of toxic chemicals to get them off and then get those chemicals off. So it's really, really tough, you know, um, you know, as a parent and one that, you know, now are, you know, very large community of members at My Greenfields, you know, we talk about the subject a lot. And really the, the answer to that quandary is to stay away from fleeces, microfibers, and synthetic garments, because they're almost guaranteed to have flame retardant chemicals and really opt towards um, organic cotton-based fabrics um, that haven't been laced and impregnated with all these crazy chemicals. By law in the U.S., they re- and all these you know, garment manufacturers don't even have to let you know that there are flame retardant chemicals. There's no law or any regulation on it. Um, so it's really a, a messed up thing. Um, flame retardants, it just, it just is what it is. Yeah. We had another interview where we talked about, I think it was with Jason Prawl, how, and also Andy Pace, where this stuff is sprayed on our furniture. And so you can actually get uh, upholstery on your furniture that is not sprayed with flame retardants. The carpet is a harder matter, especially if you're in a home that already has carpet. I'm in the same boat moving into a home that has regular carpet in it uh, this fall in my new home. And so, but I, I think what you're saying is like the laundry products that we use are part of the solution and we're going to get into that, but we also have to buy different stuff. And so Jason Prawl said, one of the low hanging fruit, one of the most important things you can do is stop sleeping on sheets, stop using products on your bed that are off gassing these flame retardants. And that was, that was news to me. So you just said organic cotton clothes as well. You just said, don't buy what polyester synthetic. Yeah. Synthetic based fabric. So fleeces, polyesters, all of those, the things in the synthetic family. And actually one of the things that's also deceiving um, lots of companies are promoting bamboo linens. Another little side note that there is really not a whole lot safe about bamboo linens. Um, it, they, those fibers do come from bamboo, which is awesome, a sustainable source. But in order to get that pulp to become a fabric, they have to spin them in a rayon fashion and there's synthetic chemicals that are added to that process. So really organic cotton is the way to go. And it's not, you know, the synthetics. Um, yeah. How very sad since bamboo is so sustainable. I have, had not heard that. I bet that 99.9% of people don't know that. Um, so organic cotton and just little side note here. The reason organic is that a lot of cotton is genetically modified at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The large majority of it is. And also in the bleaching process, 
Um, there's just a whole lot of different chemicals in the chlorine family um, that are added to the cotton making process. A lot of those things leave residual chemicals behind. Although, you know, organic cotton is expensive. It's hard to find regular 100% cotton. Even those, those chlorine-based chemicals that are in that bleaching process, you can get out. Like our products will get those chlorine chemicals out, um, but most of them are not treated with um, uh, flame retardants. So you're in good shape there. Good to know. Okay. So you have, you're sort of unusual being in this business because you actually have a background in the chemical industry, don't you? Well, now it's kind of by osmosis. Um, my background is actually in the, in the restaurant hospitality industry, but you know, again, so 10 years ago when my oldest son got sick, it set me on this quest where I voraciously, um, studied labels, right? So food labels, chemical labels, and I, it, it started off with, a, and here's like, you know, the, the, you know, the drop quotes. If you can't pronounce what's in your food, if you can't pronounce what's in the products that you're putting in your home, don't use it. That's all. So if you can't pronounce it, there's a really good chance that it's not safe um, because all of the, the plant-based products that, you know, that, that earth has created for various reasons like food and cleaning, you can pronounce them. So, um, so that was like my first rule. And the ones that I couldn't pronounce, I just, you know, went to Dr. You know, Google university. Um, EWG was a great source for me. I spent a lot of time on the environmental work group site, um, and learning what was in all these things. And then fast forward a few years, I was at a local angel investor, angel investor pitch night here in Northern Michigan. I met my amazing partner, Ruth, um, a few years went by and trying a few different business models. And we, you know, uh, felt really passionate about our mission and knew that we weren't able to educate um, people the way that we wanted to with our products on our store shelf. So we literally fired hundreds of stores and went online just so that we can teach uh, and create a movement that is absolutely needed in our industry. Okay. So you, you produce these different substances that go in laundry products. What are, what are you doing there? I, I read that the average fragrance, like, like a perfume that a woman or our man might buy has an average of 14 unregulated, not on the label. Nobody can see these ingredients, toxic chemicals or potentially toxic chemicals, because by now anybody listening to this summit knows that the vast majority, like 98% of the chemicals in our environment have been tested by no one. And at this point, we can't like pull them out to test them because they're all over in our environment, especially the volatile organic compounds or VOCs. So talk a little bit about why you choose what you do in your, in your laundry products that you make and what kinds of things you avoid. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Like, here I am like preaching this anti-chemical message and we're a chemical manufacturer, right? Um, so, and it's real easy, you know? So again, here, we've been in business now for, it's, it's almost eight years. We've been online now for three and a half years. We're a very successful business. We're growing really fast. And, and you know, guess how many times somebody's walked through our doors to validate our label in the last eight years? I am so afraid to guess that it's been zero. It is zero. It is, it is absolutely zero. No one has ever walked in the, through the doors and said, hey, let me actually see your formulation and see what goes through there. Now, if you're in the food production business, fortunately, there's a lot of regulation. You know, the FDA spends a lot of time in food manufacturing facilities to validate that what people say there's in labels in the label, right? And you have to send it out to a nutritionist and ingredients. But in the chemical industry, 
there's very little reg- you know, regulation. And the only time you really do get regulated is if you hurt somebody, right? So if you hurt somebody, if there's a lawsuit against you or someone gets hurt or claims like your product hurt them, then you will have, you know, some of the, at least one of those agencies that'll walk through your door to say, hey, what are you doing? But if you're a good actor and you're actually, you haven't hurt anybody, then no one walks through the door. So it's kind of like a self-regulating system, right? Um, and there are, you know, we've, I'm sure there's plenty of people on this, on this summit and that, that you've met over there that talk about the fragrance loophole, right? Which is a really hot topic. And it should be because there is a loophole in the law that it states if you have a chemical that's less than 1% concentration, um, that you can literally loop that into one great thing called fragrance, parfum. And you can hide up to actually, you know, 14 is a low number. There's sometimes you can have 70 or 80 um, or even greater um, chemicals that are looped under this under 1% concentration. Um, and we could too, right? We absolutely unequivocally could. Um, well, this, this just goes to, you're saying nobody ever comes and checks whether your marketing claims and what you're saying about your ingredients actually true or not. So that means that we have to buy laundry products where we, you know, we trust the manufacturer and I've got to then trust you that your heart is so in this, that you are so personally committed to creating a non-toxic product that I can believe in you. I think that's where we are as consumers these days is so much marketing. So many of the marketing words on food and products are meaningless that it makes it that much more important that we educate ourselves about the, the, the ingredients. And we can't know everything that a chemist knows, uh, but we need to know that we can trust you on that. Yeah, we've taken a step further. Um, again, we could easily, you know, because we have developed a very proprietary scent, which for years, by the way, we never did, right? For, for years of our company, we never had a fragrance. We never put a smell in our clothes. It was like, you don't need it. It performs no cleaning capacity. We always use essential oils, but essential oils are volatile. They evaporate. They cannot survive. 10 to 30 gallons of water in a wash cycle, then the dry cycle, your clothes will never smell like anything. And we never did. Um, and if I kept going that way, we'd be out of business. Um, cause literally people we have been as a society completely brainwashed through our nose, right? So that, that olfactory sense that if it doesn't smell like something, it can't clean. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we have a membership site, right? Like we, we give a jug, we sell refills. Like it's only, a membership based program. And I can't tell you how many times people would get the products, they'd mix it up and they'd say, Oh, I can't like quit. Well, why your products can't work. Well, why have you done any laundry yet? No, it doesn't smell like anything. So literally the smell was a, a huge deciding factor. So we went back to the drawing board. Um, we hired some really cool, another chemist to come work for us um, the work for Ruth. And we developed a line of, you know, so our scented products, um, use the majority of essential oils. We do use plant-based synthetically derived oils. And that's only because the way the molecule structures are, you know, the, the, the tighter the structure, they evaporate and they won't stay. So we blend essential oils with plant-based oils so that they can carry through the wash cycle. So people have a really good sensory experience um, at the end of the wash without putting toxic chemicals on them. And even still, our scent doesn't linger that long because it evaporates over time. Um, unlike perfumes, um, you know, I have some sitting next to me right now and it's 
giving me a headache. Like the whole office right now stinks of this stuff. I, I'll go into my demonstration in a second. Um, and those are designed not to leave, right? So those chemicals are designed to leave a film. They're designed to leave a sheen on the fabrics to serve a couple purposes like UV brightness, you know, so UV brighteners and perfumes and, and dyes and different things. So they're chemically designed to leave a film on the fabric um, where ours is not. Okay. So you brought up several things that I, the reason I've fallen in love with your products isn't just one thing, but one of them is that you send and it, it's behind you. I can see it. If you can grab one of those, you get, yeah. you get that um, detergent or the rinse. And then the whole idea is it's the last one you'll ever buy. And that makes me really, really happy that no more big orange jugs. We're avoiding saying brand names for some obvious reasons, but no more big orange jugs are going to the landfill. And so all I do is I fill that up with water and dump a little refill packet in. And I don't have to throw anything away except for that little paper packet. And and all the products are like that. And so it makes me feel a lot better about my own footprint and the impact I'm having. But let me tell you another thing. So our good buddy, yours and mine, uh, Dr. Eric Z has, has four kids like you do and like I do, but he has a baby in diapers and they use cloth diapers. And so before I started using your product, I had ordered it, but I hadn't started using it. He said, Robin, we do our diapers in his product and no smell gets it white. And, and, you know, I gave you a hard time about the ingredients, like just as in, I'm not promoting anything until I look at the ingredients, I'm going to ask questions about it. And so we kind of went back and forth and I wanted to know exactly what was in it. I'm not just going to take the word of a manufacturer that their product is non-toxic because we've learned from some of the interviews on this, on this summit and in other places that most words used to describe products are marketing words, not actual quantifiable evidence-based, you know, lack of toxicity. So what I also like, it sounds to me like you used to be no fragrance at all, but, but consumers demanded fragrance because they're so used to the big orange jug of toxic crap. So you've got fragrance in there. My, my clothes smell good. I, it's like I, I didn't have to give up that my my clothes actually light smell lightly, you know, f- fragrance. And it, and it doesn't, you know, if people don't really like, like a hardcore lavender essential oil smell or whatever, it doesn't smell like that. It smells like we, we in America are used to things smelling. I really, really like that. Um, so yeah. I think that's really honest of you to say, hey, we want to have a non- that, you know, no smell kind of product, but then consumers were like, no, that's not going to work. And I want to, I want to tell you this too. Sorry, this is your interview, but I was buying stuff at the health food store. And when I was out of refills this is why I like your subscription service, because you can just get it sent to you every month or every three months or whatever. I ran out. And so I, I was like, I am not going back to the big orange jug. Now I know. Now I know. <laughs> so I went to the health food store and Steven, I bought the product there and it was all green and non-GMO and whatever. And I came home and, and everything that came out of that batch of laundry, I have one by one had to get out of my drawers like, and I'll put it on. I'll be like, Oh no, that was in that batch. And so, you know how you have that sour laundry smell. That's kind of why we need the fragrance is because 
it it didn't have any fragrance and my laundry had that yucky sour laundry smell which i can't wear that i can't wear that like i take it off and throw it back in the laundry yeah and a lot of those even the eco ones there's a lot of really great brands out of there doing really cool stuff right which i'm a big fan of but a lot of that plant-based technology or soap old-fashioned soap technology even though they're plant-based surfactants, which are suds-making, surface-reducing agents, they leave a sheen behind, and those, they're breeding grounds for bacteria. So that smell that you're smelling, it's not a chemical smell. It's literally like bacteria. And that's why, you know, these, these big manufacturers, they sell washing machine cleaners because they don't want your know, washing machine stinks because it just they build up film. That's all they do. Um, so, man, we, you know, we have multiple patents filed on our technologies um, not only from a packaging standpoint, but also chemical technology, because uh, we found a way to do stuff that really even these big giants never found a way to do. And that I think that really comes out to I have a great partner, Ruth. She, I mean, she's an amazing formulator, but she does she didn't come from that chemical background, so she wasn't she didn't have to unlearn something, right? She just knew what she didn't want, and she learned from the ground up. And I think it's one of the reasons why we created such an amazing system. Yeah. And I'm excited about you doing a little demo for us, which of course you'll talk us through in case someone is listening and not watching, but I want you to talk about what ingredients are in cleaning products that we should be looking out for and show us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we are about to launch a whole bunch of other lines from surface cleaning, kitchen, bath and body. And we decided to start with laundry because in our opinion, um, I believe that laundry is the most toxic area of, of the home. Now, there are other chemicals that people purchase, you know, oven cleaner, for example, right? Very, very toxic, you know, solvent-based, crazy chemicals. And, but the human exposure or the environmental exposure to those chemicals is very acute. You have a dirty stove, you want to clean it. You spray it, you clean it. It goes in the trash, you inhale it, your natural detoxification process in the body will rid most of that stuff, right? But then when's the next time you pick up that oven cleaner? Six months, months, you know, some people never, right? Or a year. So our exposure to those really toxic chemicals is very small. We're with laundry, you know, like what Jason was talking about, you know, what are you sleeping on? What are we wearing? Like, so our exposure to laundry chemicals is extremely vast. It's in contact with our body and our dermis all the time, right? So we're constantly breathing and we're constantly, our largest organ is constantly in contact with it. So uh, laundry products that have high surfactant bases, it's a fancy word for suds makers. They're slimy, they're goopy, they create a lot of suds. They clean. They're oil-based chemicals. You know, oils attract oils. It's the basis of cleaning. But a lot of the chemicals, if they bury those chemicals, say non-ionic or anionic surfactants, and they don't disclose which surfactants that are on the label, right? I would stay away from them. You know, we're crazy enough where we literally list our whole formula on the label, which from a business business side is really not a smart idea, <laughs> right? I mean, if we were smart business people, we would hide like we like other people would behind group names, fragrance. But that's but that is the transparency that the consumer is looking for. And that's right. that's why I had you come on this show rather than others, because I've I don't see that on labels. Yeah. So that's one. So if 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 labels 
have have group names to them, I would stay away from them. Because if you have something to hide, there's usually a good reason for it. On the laundry side... Group um, labels. Explain group labels. Right. So if you see perfume, stay away. Right. If it says fragrance, perfume, stay away. There's no reason to hide behind those. Um, when you see groups of just surfactants, plant-based, ionic, non-ionic surfactants, without listing which ones are actually in there, where you can go to Google, you can go to Environmental Work Group, you can go to the e, you know EPA and see what those things are. If they have any toxic, you know, toxicological impact, stay away from those. So plant-based isn't good enough. Plant-based doesn't mean it's clean, it's good, it's not toxic. And, you know, and again, you know, and the reason why is because even plant-based products can be synthesized and laced with petrochemicals in order to get that desired outcome. For example, one of the most largest commodity produced chemicals is sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS. Mm -hmm. It is one of the largest, you know, commodity based surfactants that are manufactured. It's in toothpaste. It's in laundry products and dish soap. It's in um, it's it's actually between sodium lauryl sulfate and Triton 100, they're actually in vaccines. They put some of these chemicals in vaccines um, just so that it can lower the surface tension of your cellular walls so that it can pass blood-brain barriers in uh, in vaccines, right? Triton 100 is a a commodity uh, surfactant. I could buy it by the, I can literally have a tanker show up and pump it into a holding tank. It's one of the cheapest surfactants that are made and it's in vaccines. So it's pretty crazy. So, so I would say, you know, that's where I would start. Um, the, next, the next group of chemicals that I would really fall into is things with color, right? So UV brighteners. By law, because most UV brighteners, you only need such a small amount. And you need such a small amount of dyes and such a small amount of, you know, optical enhancers that you don't have to list them on a label, right? So that's, you can't only label look you also have to look at the color of the product, right? So laundry product, glass, there's no reason why anything should have a color, period, right? So, and the reason why, you know, the, you know these big bottles and these great smell, that's why the laundry aisle stinks so bad is because they're, they're built to leave the sheen and one of those is optical brighteners. So it tricks the eye, it gives an optical illusion under uh, fluorescent light as if your clothes are brighter. So if you remember the marketing messages of the 80s and 90s, right, it was like the, the clothes flapping in the wind. And it was like, we have the brighter brights and the whiter whites because that's what people wanted, right? They were taught because through focus groups that that's what people wanted. They wanted whiter brights and brighter brights. But now that message has shifted, right? Because one of these very large companies hired a bunch of, uh, of social scientists and social psychologists. And they found that through, you know, all these studies that that's not what people wanted. That's what they articulated they wanted. But what people really wanted was smell. So now the, the message has shifted from the whiter whites and the brighter brights now to the greatest smelling stuff. So now the, the aisle is filled with these beads and scent enhancers and boosters and all this craziness. And there is absolutely no way, unless you have a plus $100,000 gas spectrometer to reverse engineer what chemicals are in there. And even if you had those, so because they're in such minute amounts, and when you attach, when you combine chemicals together, they create new ones. And you can't really reverse engineer a lot of those things. So it's really a scary space. So anything with color, anything with words you can't explain, or groups of words, I would say those are the top three things that I would recommend 
you can't read it, you don't know what's in it, just share, don't do it. And specifically sodium laureth sulfate, it's just in, it's in everything. If that brand isn't really trying to be non-toxic and gearing itself towards people like us who are educated enough to make a different choice, it's in there. And propylene glycol is another one. I don't know if it's in, I don't know if it's in, um, laundry products, but sodium laurel sulfates and propylene glycol are so hard to get away from. And so, and, and they're, they're known to cause kidney and liver damage. They are known carcinogens. And, but again, like you pointed out, it's not that these companies want to foist all these toxic chemicals on us. It's that we demand it, you know, like we want shampoo that suds is really big. Well, that those are some serious chemicals that are doing that. Right. Or we want, you know, toothpaste that suds is up. Well, you use the really non-toxic toothpaste that's made of clay. There's going to be no suds. But, you know, we, we, we have to start thinking a bit differently if, we're, if we want to get away from these products. I really appreciate what you said. I, I hadn't really thought about that, that laundry is one of the best low-hanging fruit things to do in our laundry list of many, many co- topics that we're covering in the Toxic Home Transformation Project here. But it's such an important one because like you said, your clothes are on you all day long and you are breathing it constantly. And so these are one of the easiest, most high impact things we can do is just change our laundry products. And we're not just decreasing our own toxic body burden and putting fewer chemicals into our own bodies, but we're also putting fewer into the groundwater. And And I think anyone who adopts this practice is, should should be proud of themselves for, for making effort. And one more thing, you're not even spending more. Like I'm really impressed with what your product costs, what I get out of it. In addition to not having to put all those plastics in the lawn, in the landfill, you're wondering where the question was in all that. (laughs) I know you have a demo for us. And the the reason why it comes to price Robin is because most of the, most of the cost, whether it's for us or whether it's for, you know, one of the big mega giants, the two biggest contributors to cost is packaging and distribution. Mm. So because we only ship the big package once, right? And the expensive packaging once, and because we don't ship water and we only ship the active ingredients, we basically mitigated a a massive amount of cost because we can take those costs and we can spread that over the life of a member. And we just pass those savings directly on to our, our members. Um, That's how we did it. So it wasn't like, you know, and, um, and one of the reasons why I think we're growing so fast is because I don't think there's anybody else that creates more value than us. Yeah. I love that you have these little dryer angels. They're cute, but they're also, you know, people don't realize that they're, uh, fabric softener, those sheets that you put in the dryer, like that stuff's staying on your clothes, right? Talk a little bit about your, we haven't gone through each of the different types of products, but, but dryer sheets are pretty, pretty big, bad guy, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I don't want this to be a, a, a my Greenfields pitch session. I mean, I really want to create value for the community because that's why we started this company, right? Is to create a revolution. So, so dryer, so dryer sheets in particular, you know, it depends on who you talk to. Um, but there's a lot of research that's coming out that's showing that the VOCs that come out of dryer sheets um, are absolutely crazy. Um, there are 14 known carcinogens that are found in the average dryer sheet market. Um, fortunately, lots of those are listed on the labels because one of the things where if, if you're and because dryer sheets are not heavy, they, they go above that 1% rule, right? Because it's not, it's, it's total weight of the product. And because dryer sheets are so light, 
if it's less than 1% or it's a, dot, a known carcinogen, you have to listen to the label. So if you actually go to the back of these dryer sheets and start, and there's some eco ones too that are using different silicone derivatives to attract the ions to reduce static, those things are documented carcinogens. So I would absolutely, um, they're a crazy chemical to stay away from. But we had to solve that problem too because people want smell in their laundry. Uh, so we came up with a product years ago called Dryer Buddies. Um, it was a teddy bear where you, it was filled with essential oils and you threw the bear in the, in the dryer like a wool ball. Um, and our, our manufacturer went out of business here in the States. So we did what any good business would do. We went to China and said, hey, you know, can you guys make a teddy bear for us? So we found a manufacturer ready to sign a purchase order. Um, and that very day, I felt like just a check in my spirit that I really shouldn't. Um, so I reached out to, and I didn't know why, and I just wrote an email to the manufacturer who were ready to do a deal with. And I said, can you promise me that you don't have any child labor in your factory um, that are going to make my products? And they, they never sent another email back again. I was like, wow, thank you. I was, I was so grateful that I had this check in my gut because um, we're about to make them for pennies on the dollar. It would have been great margin, good business. But I knew that it just wasn't the right move, so we didn't. So now Ruth and I are like, what are we going to do now? So we pivoted the product um, called to Dryer Angels. Dryer Angels, we found this really amazing ministry in Jamaica that um, houses and now employs um, deaf women. And it's a whole deaf community um, that formerly were living off of kind of Christian donations and we asked them, hey, do you guys have a sewing machine there? And they said, yeah. Well, we got them a couple more. And so now we employ, I believe, up to we have five full-time deaf women that have a very colorful past on what they've been through. Don't want to go through that publicly. It's their sensitive information. But something we're very passionate about. So now we're creating jobs um, in other places um, that's paying life forward. So not only do we have like a really cool product that smells your clothes smell right, reduce static and all the really good stuff using essential oils, but we're now creating jobs for women that really need it. Um, so that's what that product is all about. This is one of the reasons why I trust you, Stephen, and I've adopted you into my little tribe of 10 brothers, the six that were born into my family and the four that I've adopted, all of whom are friends of yours as well, is that you're doing good work in the world outside of just uh, building conscious capitalism inside your business. But I also know that in addition to employing vulnerable populations like these deaf women, and I, I see your eyes light up when you talk about that, you also donate your product to laundromats. Yeah, so the Laundry Project is another one of my pet, pet, pet ideas and projects where we provide, you know, large format concentrates to laundromats, uh, homeless shelters, and so forth all around the country um, that are providing uh, clean laundry days for people in need. So we have a bunch of outreach here in northern Michigan that we've been doing for years, and we've, you know, really in the last year decided to expand that. So now we ship these big concentrated envelopes to a five-gallon jug, and um, now we have homeless shelters and various places around the country that are clean laundry because, you know, there's so many kids that get bullied, and one of the reasons why their clothes are dirty, they, they have this, 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 you know, impoverished, you know, look about them, and they get bullied. And I found, and we heard about this, we, gotta, we can do something about this. So we are, um, not to the scale that we want or that we will, but we're just fired up about it. So, you know, what is... You know, what does laundry soap have to do with, you know, humans trafficking? What does it have to do with home, you know, getting nothing it has nothing to do with those things. But to me, it's everything. 
I mean, with that, you know, that's, it's what gets us up every day, you know, the startup journey and, you know, building a company the way we're doing it, real bootstrap. And it's just having purpose is what makes this whole journey worth it. Um, if we weren't having the impact and the purpose, man, I, I, I don't know if I could have withstood the storms of startup life um, if it wasn't for the lives that we know we were changing. Well, it's remarkable. And I'm honored to call you my friend and little bro, because it means a lot to me. And it's important to me that our work isn't just a thing that we do. So we get dollars to pay the bills, but also that we make an impact. Um, And I, I like watching you become a true educator too, and step into probably new roles, educating people about the toxicity of their products, whether whether they use your product or other products, how can a consumer know that their ingredients are safe? And feel free to do your demo and talk people through it who are only listening, not watching. Sure. So I have here, I'm shifting over a couple bowls of water. So we have two identical bowls of clear water that just came from the sink a few minutes ago. Um, And this is a very simple demonstration. And this is one that you could do at home. So if you're using um, conventional blue, green, you know, you know, colored products and so forth, here's a really good test you can do at home and even with the kids. If you have a towel, hand towels, which are super absorbent, is a great, great demo. So I, I, we washed this morning. I'm going to put just for a dip, I'm going to put some gloves on here. So this morning I, we washed a, a couple shirts. I, I grabbed some shirts from my, my son's drawer here. So I, I washed, man, this stuff smells so bad. Um, well, to normal people, it smells so good, but oof. Um, thank God it's not smell-o-vision. So I took a couple shirts, right? We washed them in some conventional, the big fancy bottles. They own 80% of the store shelf are two colors. Um, we, I grabbed two of those, and we, we did a load of laundry and washed some fabrics in, in those right there. So that's a white shirt. That's a white shirt that you're putting in water. So we're not going to see any dyes coming off of it because it's just, this is just a white shirt in water. That's it. Oh my gosh. The water's getting all cloudy. All right. So if you do this at home, you'll see that if you're using conventional cleaning chemicals over time, you know, if I really agitated this, you can see there's, there's a bunch of suds on the top and they'll, they build up, right? So you see how it's nice and cloudy. So this is, you know, conventional chemistry. And so these are not, right? These are just clean with simple My Greenfields products. And we can get these going. And it doesn't matter how much I go, these things, it's going to stay clear. And the reason why is because we've designed products that don't leave a, fa- a sheen behind. And if you, if you get, I don't know how close you, your cap, how do the camera seeing this, but if this thing has like a blue kind of green haze. And that's because the chemicals are designed to leave a blue and a green haze for optical brightness, right? So it tricks your eyes into believing that your clothes are brighter. The, un- the unfortunate reality is yes, the clothes smell great. And yes, they may have the appearance of brightness, but they're chemicals right? And they're left behind and they're allowed to be put on your kid's back. And, you know, does your kid sweat once in a while? Yeah, of course. You know, kid runs around, kid sweats, you know, we perspire. And what happens is just like this here, this water is turned a cloudy, sudsy blue or green. Well, that's what's happening on your skin, right? 
you know, that you're, you're creating micro suds and a, a microfilm of these chemicals on your body. We're sleeping in them. We're living in them. You know, in a day and age where we see, you know, various cancers and different, you know, uh, hormone disruption, endocrine, all these reasons. Well, why is that? You know, we have, you know, there's areas like the human, like the, 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 the female body, right? The mammary glands are designed to detoxify through the armpits. You know, that's why. So don't use, you know, aluminum or alum based antiperspirants because you're clogging the pores that are designed to detoxify. And more so, you're now, because it's such a porous area for detoxification, those chemicals are now being leached and putting it into your body. So don't use those, right? But the same thing happens to do not just with laundry, right? But it's your, the perfumes and scents that we put, the lotions, the, the very, you know, in the, in the you know, pe- they go, you go into the, you know, the department stores to the fragrance aisle. And these chemicals are unregistered. You know, you can take an extremely toxic chemical that if you took it in its, in its liquid form, would smell like absolute toxic waste. But if you put it in the parts per million, it may smell like toasted hazelnuts. (laughs) Seriously. And this is how perfumers make their living, is finding things and mixing them with other things so that it has this perception of smell. You know, and in laundry, that's what this happens, right? So, you know, these chemicals, they don't belong in our body. You know, I wish we can clean clothes without chemicals. I'd go into another business. I have plenty of ideas. You know, but the reality, we put chemicals, stains on our clothes. We've got to get them off. So we want to help people in doing so. Um, so again, if you don't know, if you don't want to clean your labels, well, do a little experiment at home. And for those that are listening on, you know, on a podcast or listening to this, take a bowl of water, warm water, fill it up, put your clothes in it and shake it up. Agitate it. If, the, if you cannot see the water crystal clear, you don't want those chemicals on you or your family, period. You just don't want them. Okay, so push down on the one that's with using my Greenfills product. Push down on it because I look how clear that is. It's just clear water, and then you don't you don't have your glove on anymore. But I think anybody watching can see how cloudy and clearly full of chemicals. Ugh, yeah, that's really telling. I think this would be a great experiment to do with your kids, so that you know we have to we have to be educating our kids. I am about to finish my parenting career and. I'm reflecting a lot on things I didn't tell my kids, the talks we didn't have. I had dinner with my children last night and they were all riffing about the sex talk I had with them when they were six or seven. And I thought I did such a great job. And they were like all making jokes about the impressions that they came away with that were not at all what I intended. And, and also one of my children's complaint about my educating them about sex was mom, you gave me this big download when I was seven and then you never talked to me about it again. So I think things like this that make it visual for our kids will help them when they go out on their own, make better choices about what you've shown us is a really, really high impact, easy, inexpensive kind of tip. That's the whole reason we're doing this summit is that I've been saying to our audience, look, if you listen to these talks and you implement five, pick the five easiest or whatever, pick five things, have a very dramatic impact on your health. And that's what we're excited about. So thanks. Thanks for the demo. I hope that we've explained it well enough for folks who are hearing it and not seeing it or reading it and not seeing it. But I bet you have some things that I haven't asked you, Stephen, what, what's important to educate that, that, that remains? What issues remain that we should talk about before we go? Well, you know, if you've ever gone to our site, if, you ever, if you're, you know, a member of my Greenfields, you'll see like on the back of our jug, 
And on the back of my bit, everywhere we have this creed and, it, and it's comprised of 31 ideals. And it's really like, we don't have a mission statement. We have a credo and it's basically the embodiment of the lens in which we filter everything through. And one of the biggest things that are in bold there is question, ask questions and question everything. Um, and I think in this, you know, seemingly toxic world that we're living in, there is hope, right? There is hope. And the reason why we got here is because we as a society enabled it through our wallets. We did, right? So I would say if there's one overarching thing that I would pass on to our communities is to ask questions and question everything. Don't take anything for face value and, you know, trust but verify everything, right? And I think if, if we all did that on a more regular basis, you know, what's in our food, you know, what's in our products, does my, do my, we started off in art today, you know, do my clothes have um, flame retardants? You know, simple little things, one, one simple move at a time, and I think you can, you could accomplish that. And what I do know, being a capitalist and being an entrepreneur, you know, and having to pivot my companies many, many times over the years is that the market creates demand, right? We as the market with our wallets create the demand. And if we question things, right? And if we take companies like me, companies like mine to task, right? Verify, I want to know what's in your products and I want to know what's in these things. What happens is companies will adapt, right? Companies will move. They will shift. The reason why the big stores now are, have huge organic green aisles and organic this and organic that is not because they're philanthropists, right? There's no philanthropy involved. It's about market demand, right? Because 15 years ago, right, we were just a bunch of weird, quote unquote, hippies that wanted organic spinach, now, organic spinach dominates the market yeah. because the market figured a way to make it at scale in a way that they can sell it and compete. That's how markets get created is through us. And we, when we drive those markets through our wallet. So if you ask questions, question everything and make commitments, right, one at a time, as you can afford on your budget that fit you and your family, the market is created by us. So ask questions and question everything, right? And then make those micro decisions and those micro commitments one at a time to take and, and incorporate more organic foods into your diet. Start incorporating more organic fabrics into your wardrobe. Start incorporating more plant-based, non-toxic cleaners into your home. One at a time on your budget that fit your family. And what will happen if enough of us do that and enough of, if enough of us tell our friends and our family what we're doing and why we're doing it and encourage and empower and, and inspire them to do it, the market will meet that demand, period. That's what we need to do. I absolutely agree with you. And it's a grassroots movement. I'm super proud to be in it with you, educating people uh, who, who will vote with their dollars. And that's another positive thing that we're doing when we buy green laundry products, just like your example of spinach. Same thing. When I went online as Green Smoothie Girl in 2007, 11 years ago, you had to work to find the organics. And 
I have a video. It's a very old video, at least 10 years old, where I say, okay, you got to figure out how much more you're willing to spend or able to spend on organics. And now I'm able to say, guess what? Organics don't even cost more. And Costco is full of them. Costco has hundreds and hundreds of organic products. And we out now have triple washed organic greens. That's, there's no reason why somebody can't do a green smoothie every day. And you can make it with all organic produce and it doesn't even cost you any more. So the exciting news is things are afoot, that the world is getting better. And it's exactly what you said is that we vote with our dollars. And as I've said multiple times during interviews in this summit, we cannot sit around and wait for our government to protect us from glyphosate, from our infants being exposed to flame retardant. The government is not protecting us. They are not protecting us from some medical practices like how early and how much garbage is in our vaccines that our babies are shot up with. So many things that we have to become educated. And so love being a part of it with you, bro. And keep on doing what you're doing and keep making us great products that we can trust. I think now this audience uh, knows you a little bit better. I'm slow to trust people, but I think the world of you and thank you for everything that you're doing that is both humanitarian as well as conscious capitalism. Have an amazing day, everybody.